2: Welcome to the RotoWire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Sportsplex. I'm Clay Link here with James Anderson, RotoWire.com's lead prospect writer. James, we have games kicking off tomorrow. It is hard to believe that, but uh, we still got drafts to come. You and I are drafting our main event uh, tomorrow night, so there will be games underway as we're doing that. That'll be a little weird, but I'm very excited for that. I had my solo main. Which we'll talk a little bit about, but I know you were kind of feeling bad a little bit about the AJ Puck Gavin Lux news. I really don't think you should, James.
3: Um, yeah, uh, has not been a great week. Um, yeah, I mean, so with uh, the puck thing, you know, I, I feel bad because I was was pumping them up pretty hard. Uh, the team went out of their way to say he was in the rotation, uh, which they definitely did not have to do, so I just I kind of assumed that he he was over the uh shoulder thing, but you know the number one predictor for future injury is past injury, so uh probably a little foolish to assume he was out of the woods there uh and then uh kinda kicking myself for not seeing this Gavin Lux thing come in as well because um Obviously, there's service time manipulation playing a decent role in this, but uh, the swing did did kind of look a little bit out of sync uh, from the limited stuff I'd seen of him in camp, and they're certainly under no uh, pressure to get the exact best players they need to on their 30-man roster. They have the most talent in the National League, hands down, so they... Uh, can definitely lean on some veteran players there, but it, it, it might be, uh, I don't know, it might be Edwin Rios' season. Um, yeah. He he had a really great camp, and I could see them giving Max Muncy some starts at second base and, and letting Rios play some first or giving Rios some DH work and stuff. Um, so I, I actually ended up with Rios last night in the main event or a main event league that that I was drafting. Um, Fortunately, I'm not hurting too much on the the A.J. Puck or the Gavin Lux news because I was avoiding Puck in March back when he had the shoulder injury, so I don't have him on those teams and then uh, had not paid up enough to get him on recent teams uh, because the price was so crazy. Uh, And then same thing kind of with Lux. I, I have him a couple places, but not... Not hurt over it, but I just feel bad for, for anyone I led astray on those two picks specifically.
2: Don't beat yourself up about it, buddy. Um your track record speaks for itself and you know, especially with with Puck like it was caveat emptor, you know. It's you know that you were getting a guy who's hurt, who's been hurt and you just don't know. And the price wasn't to the point where it's like that's going to cripple your team or anything. Even in a 15-team league, I actually took him in the main event. it will probably be a drop for me, quite honestly, just because I don't know. They've already said a couple weeks at least. And I just think in a short season, you probably churn and burn. Uh, but, yeah, James, I know you take great pride in your work, and I admire that. But, yeah, don't uh – don't beat yourself too up too much. Uh, the Lux thing, too, is, is just kind of a fluke thing where he was a late arrival, and it seems like he was just a little rusty. Do you think maybe mm-hmm. because they have this depth, maybe they look to end up gaining that year control back, that they kind of started and burnt at the end of last year?
3: Yeah, I think, I think that that's pretty much a lock. They only have to hold him down till August 10th to get, the the extra year there and I mean I think they were probably going to hold him down even if you just throw service time out and if they just felt like he was not in sync enough to be to be ready to play early on in the season um, they probably would have kept him in the alternate site for 10 days two weeks something like that anyway so if you're going to do that you might as well just make sure you get that extra year Uh, I don't I'm not going to praise the Dodgers for manipulating a service time and um, I mean, I think like Gavin Lux, I mean, there's, there's obviously millions of people, uh, across the country that are losing jobs and losing insurance and stuff because of COVID and Gavin Lux is, is losing money himself, uh, basically because of, because of COVID, um, in a roundabout way. So I feel bad for him. Um, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably see him back up, uh, second week of August. Um, I, I'm with you. I think Puck's a pretty easy drop in uh, competitive redraft leagues. Lux is a little trickier. I think uh, I'd try to hold him as long as I could, I think, because I do I do think eventually he will be heard from and he will be uh, a staple in that lineup before the season's over, but you're going to have to find a way to, to make it work um, for about three weeks before you can plug him in. So I, I understand that's going to be a tough guy to hold, especially in shallower leagues as well.
2: Yeah, so a couple of tough choices, but that is the way it goes. And, um, you know, you catch some bad breaks here or there, but I think we can weather the storm on, on some of those. Uh, by the way, just kind of relating to Lux, I saw Chris Taylor has been pretty hot in these inter-squad and exhibition games. I did add him – with one of my final bench spots in that 12-team beat Clay Link League last night. Uh, Only 12 teams, but he offers that three-position eligibility and just kind of extends your bench, allowed me to get four pitchers on my bench. So I kind of like that.
3: Yeah, Todd and I took him in the main event last night at uh, pick uh, 327. Um, I kind of like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's you know 12 teamer um for sure i mean it's it's nice to, it's nice to just always have a guy that's got like triple position eligibility in the uh, NFC league just for for those you know guy gets hurt tuesday wednesday whatever you can swap him out um for the weekend games but uh especially in a 15 teamer uh i think he's he's definitely an interesting buy now but again like i i think that they just have so much depth it'll be a little bit frustrating if you're trying to, um, you kind of have to go in knowing like best case scenario, Taylor's probably playing like 60% of the time. Um, they're still going to work. Kike Hernandez in there and, like I said, I think, I think Edwin Rios, when they really want to put as much thump in that lineup as possible, I think he's going to be uh, a nice option, especially against righties.
2: Yeah, certainly Chris Taylor, not like a guy I'm excited to draft, but end game, extending your bench again, I, I do kind of like what he can offer, especially now that he's with Lux kind of out of the picture temporarily. Uh, one guy I got both in my solo main and in the online championship last night, and I'd like to get him – I assume you're on board because it's not like this guy's would hurt you really in any way. More than likely, he's not going to. But Seth Lugo, I just feel like this guy's probably one of the top ten to fifteen relief pitchers in the game, pretty easily. And uh, they've said that they'll go committee, and I just think Lugo's a guy who, yeah, maybe not the primary closer. Who who knows? Maybe he is, but I think he's the guy that you lock in as a ratios anchor and uh i just think seth lugo is a guy who for how good he is you do not have to pay a big tax on him
3: no uh so far i've ended up with in the two mains i've done i've ended up with a couple of different guys that are sort of that cut from that same cloth uh have Karinchek in both leagues have uh, Pomeran's in both leagues nice. have Brian Abreu in both leagues, but Lugo probably uh, the best bet of of any of those guys to be getting saves, um, you know, sparingly. I I still I don't necessarily buy that it's going to be a true committee. I, I still think Edwin Diaz gets the saves when he's when he's ready, like when he hasn't pitched in back to back days or whatever. But um, you know, they have just a, a really nice three-headed monster there uh, with Batansis and Lugo. So, I, I guess I understand why you might say that to kind of give those guys some confidence that they'll be in the mix there as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, Lugo is just as kind of reliable as it gets, you know, as mm-hmm. as good as I think Drew Pomerance is. Uh, we're, we're still working on basically like 20 innings worth of him doing that at, at that elite kind of josh Hader level um whereas lugo you can go back a couple seasons a couple seasons where he's gone where he's logged more innings than a typical reliever and he's got a pretty nice track record there so um definitely like that and uh definitely something to keep in mind like it's something that uh in the main event drafts and in any kind of uh draft you're doing you don't want to have a pitcher in your nine-man Uh, lineup for this this weekend who is probably not going to pitch um so having a guy guy yeah having having lugo having whoever even if it's just someone i mean you can get rowan wick with the last pick of a draft you can get trevor rosenthal super late um whoever it is just just nice to have somebody uh that you can plug in and and potentially vulture a win potentially vulture a save potentially just get a couple strikeouts i mean when we're when we're on the last day of the season, the Roto-Wire Online Championship TGFBI main event, just you're going to be begging for strikeouts on that last day of the season. Mm. Like one, two, anything helps. So um, if you can uh, look at who where where your starting pitchers are projected to to start first, and make sure you have nine nine guys in there for that that first weekend.
2: Yeah, like Walker Bueller not starting until next week. Maybe Blake Snell as well not starting until next week. So if you spend a high pick on those guys, yeah, you may not lose your league by not having a plug in there, but it may help. I'm with you. Like every stat matters, and just getting a guy in there who's going to give you something aside from a zero this weekend I think is is big. And plus, if you get Lugo or, you know, I've been taking Taylor Rogers. It took Matt Barnes. Maybe you'll luck into a closer, too. Like, maybe somebody will slip up. Maybe Tyler Rogers ends up getting the first few save ops. Uh, and then you you it makes your drops this coming weekend a little easier, too, I think, because you'll have more info and you'll – yeah, I think maybe some of these guys will hit and you'll have a nice little windfall on the relief pitching side. But, James, I want to ask you about your Brewers because when I was doing the main event – solo one, uh, I got a DM from Vlad Sedler, who's in the league. Uh, you never won Vlad Sedler in your main event, by the way. But he DM'd me, and he's he's like, oh, were you kind of looking at Burns? Did you just get sniped? And I was like, you know, I'm not really as much on him, Corbin Burns, because the fastball just got pummeled last year. I'm a little skeptical, but I've... I'm, you know, I, I last year's numbers, I try not to look at that solely, but again, it's just the fastball... As electric as it can seem, it's just maybe a little flat and uh, hittable. But uh, I did end up rectifying the zero Corbin Burns shares and at least got him in my hometown draft last night before the beat Clay Link League. So I at least have one share of Corbin Burns. How excited are you? and Can you make a case for him uh, being a a mixed league, even like a 12-team mixed type of guy?
3: Yeah, well, Vlad, (laughs) he... He sniped me in my my B. James Anderson league um, on Burns, and uh, I angrily DM'd him about that after the fact. Uh, broke my I had a hundred percent exposure to Burns in N F B C leagues prior to that draft, um, but I'd been getting him outside of pick three hundred uh, back in March, and got him in like Tout Wars, got him in. Um, pretty much every league that drafted in march that's that's playing out um so happy to have all those shares back when he was just simply a late round flyer todd and i uh paid full freight for him in our main event last night just because we got uh sniped on him in the previous one i think that'll be our only share of him we just we wanted to get get a taste just in case uh, he hits that that ceiling i mean that that's kind of what it is it's just an extremely high ceiling flyer that could still blow up like that you know we don't we don't have any uh long track record to point to i mean he was great in spring training um he's he's one of those guys where you'll see a, a gif of his pitches and he just looked like an ace um but we we also have seen him run into plenty of trouble. Um, saw a sports psychologist in the off season because uh, I really think his struggles last year were just all um, up in his head because he just mm. kept uh, giving up those homers early and then just start started uh, you know stop trusting his stuff. Um, stopped kind of just being a confident pitcher that attacks guys uh the way that he he had been um prior to those struggles last season um so i think it's it's really important that he just kind of uh trusts his stuff but i mean the stuff is ridiculous like upper 90s fastball low 90s cutter slash slider uh, I, I think he can be a you know, number two, a really good number two starter in the big leagues. I think he's got the upside to be a top thirty pitcher for fantasy this year, but he's also a guy that could go and uh, get lit up in that first start on Saturday against the Cubs. Like it, it's very much a, a volatile uh, pitcher that that you're now having to pay a, a really high price for. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think he he's someone you want some exposure to, but now the, the price is where it's at. I don't think you need to try to get him on every single team. Like, you know, you you can still probably get someone like Josh James later than him at this point. Um, you can get guys like Spencer Howard in that range, guys like Sandy Alcantara in that range. Um so I mean you, you don't need to just chase him at, at any cost, but I do think he's the type of guy that has the potential to win some leagues this year.
2: Yeah, I'm looking. He went in the 18th round of the 12 team online championship draft I did, the B Clay Link League. And I got Dylan Cease just a couple of picks before that. Spencer Howard, Mitch Keller also in that range. So, yeah, some some good arms still going in that in that tier. So, I'm probably. I did get one share in that NL only hometown league, but I'm a little iffy on him, especially because as the number two starter for the Brewers, he gets lined up opposite Darvish. And I know Darvish kind of got rocked against the White Sox. Actually, didn't get out of the first inning. They had to kind of just call it after two outs. Then he came back and settled down. But I am a little—I don't know—that always makes you nervous when you're invested in Darvish and, uh, and he has kind of a rocky outing like that. You have to wonder about his health. But I think he's fine. I just well, kind of—I think I, it's a statement by the Brewers to slot him in second.
3: I wish uh, the people in my main event draft last night. Uh, put some stock into that outing because uh, prize not fall? <laughs> we were sitting there at pick thirty four. We started Bellinger, Starling Marte um, at pick four, pick twenty seven, and we were pretty confident that one of Lucas Dillito, Charlie Morton, you Darvish, Josh Hader would be there uh, at thirty four, and they were all gone. So we uh, had to take Cassie Alpes. But um, yeah, I mean it. These the at least the, the main drafts I've been in have, have been very classic in terms of just the aces have just been really, really pushed up, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's getting discounted at all.
2: It's interesting that you say that because I thought maybe he would after getting rocked by the White Sox. Gave up a homer to Robert, I think. But um, I'm excited. You know, the day after the solo main was a, kind of a roller coaster when it came to Darvish because I think Eno released an article saying like <laughs> that Darvish could win the NL Cy Young, and I was like, oh, nice. Because uh, I took Darvish in the second round, and that was a little bit of a jump, especially with like Morton and Giolito still on the board. They went with the next two picks at the, the turn. So then I took Corbin. I don't feel great about those two, but I just couldn't get shut out, and thankfully there were some good hitters on the way back. But yeah, the ace inflation in a 15-team Maine is just is pretty crazy, uh hopefully Darvish is on track uh soon enough, and I hate that a guy like Corbin gets the Yankees to start, but I'm hoping I can uh survive this first weekend. <laughs> you don't want your your what, season to go up in flames on the first weekend.
3: what do you think you know I've seen some chatter on Twitter about uh how a lot of hitters are kind of cop to the fact that they don't really have their timing um
2: yeah, I saw that in particular with the Brewers from Alex Fast saying that I think Avisil Garcia was a little, you know, his timing wasn't right, same with Yelich. Like,
3: I mean, I, I guess, where do you sort of draw the line in terms of being worried about a guy's first start who you drafted, like say he was one of your first seven starting pitchers that you drafted, mm. and they've got a quote-unquote tough start in in their first outing like are you just rolling them out there I mean I like one classic example for me is like Dylan Bundy I think he's against the the A's Um, Mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, I mean you're you're definitely starting Corbin uh, pretty much no matter what but um, like are you really focused on the matchups these first this first time through or is it just kind of roll with your horses
2: you know I did load up on a ton of relievers I got like four relievers on my bench in most leagues just so I can funnel them in but I, I remember setting my lineups last night I, I love being back to just obsessively <laughs> you know, at night um, just going cycling through your lineups and just making no changes but just like a psychopath running through your lineups but I remember thinking there was a couple fringe ones and I thought maybe I should take this guy out and sit him down but I don't remember any in particular that I was like all right I have to take this guy out who I spent a pretty penny on um, it's it's
3: it's more of a it's more of a problem for uh, 12 teamers probably mm-hmm. uh, than 15 teamers because really like if you had the luxury of deciding, you're not going to start a starting pitcher you took in the first like 20 rounds of a 15 teamer uh, who is starting this weekend. I mean that I I do not really have that luxury in uh, in any leagues. Um, lucky to even really have nine guys that I that I think will pitch this weekend. So exactly. um, it's more more of a problem for 12 teamers. Uh, but like for instance, I'm. I'm starting Sandy Alcantara in, gosh, yeah, that's probably, a that's probably a dozen leagues, Like uh, because I probably have him in about a dozen leagues. Uh, and so we'll see how he goes in Philly. That's uh, Friday night. Um, you know, it could be just one of those catastrophic things where he crushes me in a bunch of leagues. But I believe in the pitcher. I mean, if – if you're taking a guy that you plan on starting pretty much all season and then you're sitting him right out of the gate in Philly, maybe you shouldn't be taking him in the first place. Uh, but I I think there might be something to that that I think a, maybe a lot of the pitchers, at least the ones that throw strikes, could have uh, pretty solid first starts of the season.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, just being ahead of the hitters a little bit. Um, looking here, you know Soroka. I took last night, and I'm not going to sit him. But he, again, them talking about shortening him up at the Mets, or not shorting him, shorting him up, but just not turning him loose right away. Uh, you know, I'd consider that maybe. I took Kwang Hyun Kim. By the way, I'm just buying into what the beat writers are saying. I don't know, but I just thought as a second closer, he was all right. Dylan Cease was a guy who I did think about. Just because it sounds like he may kind of piggyback with Ronaldo Lopez this weekend. I'm still starting him, but I also have Tyler Rogers, who has four games in this little half week. So, um, you know, Cease isn't completely locked in for me. I want to continue to monitor that. Uh, I'll probably start him, but if he's only going like four or three, you know, piggybacking, that would be less than ideal. Uh, Let me see here. Uh, Aaron Savali, he's got two, so I, I swapped him out. To next week uh, but yeah I'm not, I haven't been in the situation where I spent a high pick on somebody and I'm considering benching them quite yet uh, and, I'm sure that'll happen And I
3: really, soon. you know I mean if you if you start a guy and he, he kind of screws you and your season I mean it won't technically go up in flames but I mean if, if you start a guy this weekend he gives up like 700 runs and two and two thirds like you're definitely behind the eight ball but uh, I don't if you're in like the main event or you're competing for some sort of overall, I don't really think you can play that scared because you yeah. just you need the wins, you need the strikeouts, you can't fall behind in the wins and the strikeouts. Um, you just can't really. Uh, so as long as you have a, a deep, strong, quality staff, uh, you know, you could have one guy have a blow up outing and, and maybe the your ace, maybe. You have Clayton Kershaw, and he goes out there and no hits the Giants and makes up for it. You know, I mean, there's Mm -hmm. there's different ways that uh, you can kind of balance it out. I think having those relievers, like we talked about earlier, um, you know, if you've got four relievers going this weekend, hopefully they can have some clean uh, innings and and help maybe suppress whoever has your worst start.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good thing to note. Like, you don't want to play scared, but play smart. You know, you don't want to. Especially when you're chasing an overall, you want to roll some roll the dice a little bit, but uh, you don't want to take any unnecessary gambles. Like in Labor, I picked up Jimmy Cordero for a buck just because I had Ivan Nova on my bench, but I'm like, I'm not going down early on an Ivan Nova play. Like, well, he's a guy who yeah, can yeah, sink you and that'd just be a stupid play, you know.
3: Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm not I'm not saying like you need to find a guy who's starting this weekend and you need to start them no matter what. Like yeah. I I love I actually love Marco Gonzalez um a decent amount like compared to maybe where some people are on him like I think he's gonna be a valuable guy to have this year but I would not start him uh, in this first start against the the Astros like I think that that's you're just kind of asking for trouble if you do that
2: yeah exactly and obviously labor al only very deep I just had some injuries and I was considering you know hey in labor this first lineup period like 10 days and that would give him on and over a couple starts. In the league that deep, maybe, but I'm not gonna have my ratios blown up and kind of set myself back uh, this early with a guy like Ivan Nova. Uh, so yeah, play smart, but uh, yeah, don't don't play too safe because that's going to be a losing strategy. James, with with Jordan Alvarez still not in camp, there was some talk that maybe Kyle Tucker is actually going to play, but I saw our buddy Rob Silver tweeting yesterday about. Uh, Ledmus Diaz maybe uh, he's not going to play much after all and the fact that they are talking about playing Ledmus Diaz kind of an indictment on what they're seeing from Tucker I'd say
3: yeah I I don't really know why everyone is um, you know I, you. it's tempting you look at the power and the speed at AAA and you're all excited and everything uh, tons of prospect pedigree, but the Astros pretty much told us what they thought of Kyle Tucker last year. Uh, they they were <laughs> they were not impressed, and they preferred to play Josh Reddick over him. Uh, you know, I I don't know why we should just think that. Well, now it's 2020. Now they love Kyle Tucker, and he's going to play every day. Like I think that they uh, have their reservations about. You know, whatever. I mean, they have more information than we do, and you can't act like he did not regress last year at AAA. I mean, he was better in 2018 than he was in 2019. Uh, hey, 30-30. I... <laughs> he did go 30-30. Um,
2: that swing is yeah, just I mean, long it, and weird-looking, by the it way. It is
3: weird-looking. Uh, like, those Ted Williams comps he used to get, like, for his swing, uh I don't think you want a swing that would have fit in very, very well in the 1940s. Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's a good, that's good analysis. Seriously. (laughs)
3: Um, But I, I love the guy that I just, I really want something to break so that he can get regular playing time is Miles straw. I think he's Mm. uh, a potential just, total game changer in five by five Roto. If he were to be playing every day, somehow um, probably a better overall player than Josh Reddick at this point as well. Uh, But it does seem like he's going to open the year in in a super utility role. Um, So yeah, I mean, I I don't have any Kyle Tucker shares. I wasn't going to get any Kyle Tucker shares, but uh, definitely worth pointing out that he is not a lock to play uh, regularly to start the season, even with all those injuries.
2: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I thought they'd probably give him a chance, and I I don't know. I thought, especially after September, he did all right. I thought maybe they'd see what he could do. But, yeah, I'm not really interested in drafting Kyle Tucker in any of my remaining drafts. James, I want to ask you about Michael King because they sent down Jordan Montgomery. I do expect him to be back to fill a rotation spot pretty early, but it sounds like King – could either be the starter on Sunday against the nationals or the bulk relief guy. And actually in the RotoWire dynasty Invitational, I was thinking about trying to make a trade to just get a prospect eligible player so that I could bring King up and utilize him because I've got, you know, Bueller and Griffin canning those types. And I kind of think King could fall into a win this weekend.
3: Yeah, very possible. Uh I think he will um, be a guy that you know in main events towards the end of drafts. A guy that you uh, you might want to consider, yeah. uh, at least as a guy that you can you can start and, and know that he's probably going to pitch this weekend. Um, more he's major league ready? Yeah, sure. I mean, he's he's a uh, he's had what almost ten starts at AAA. Uh, He's a command over stuff guy, so needs to have the command working. Uh, needs to be locating his fastball uh, to have success. But he's uh, been great at spotting his pitches in the the minors, and obviously having a Yankees starter is is a good way to get some wins, even if the ratios might leave a little bit to be desired. But um, yeah, kind of a, a kind of a bummer for me, just because I. I think jordan montgomery is uh, the better pitcher i I think he will enter the rotation uh some point soon but i was i was hoping for montgomery to possibly get that start
2: we pause briefly to bring you a word from our sponsor sportsplex are you looking for free to play daily fantasy sportsplex offers free entry tournaments from a wide range of sports including mlb nba and esports fast and easy sign up with social login and no more Complicated deposits and withdrawal process, SportsPlex is designed with much simpler verification. A special feature of SportsPlex allows not only financials to be recorded, but wins, losses, and even lineups to be stored and publicly available. SportsPlex gives easy, transparent, and super secure experience to players from all around the world, opening up a new era for sports fans You can review how others played by checking out profiles. Your chances of winning are much higher at Sportsplex. Sportsplex also provides incredible rewards-driven experience. 30% of rake collected will be distributed to players by the unique reward system. Players accumulate points by logging in and entering contests or by referring friends. The more points are earned, the higher the rewards will be. Sign up at Sportsplex. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-P-L-X and enter free tournaments today. But, I, yeah, I think Jordan Montgomery is pretty exciting. But King, I do think, if he's, especially if he's kind of piggybacking or following in long relief, mm-hmm. um, that could be nice for him on Sunday. So I'm kind of excited about him, hoping to see Clark Schmidt as well at some point. Um, has he gone in your mains? I, I assume so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. You think that's a good move? Like, you think that's a smart stash, or do you think people will end up burning that, you know, dropping him
3: i i like it i I think in a 15-teamer um i think if they're gonna use him in the rotation we'll know within a couple weeks uh and then you cut him like if he's not if there aren't any reports of him coming up to join the team by like august 5th I think you can just cut him, uh, but I think I think he's big league ready. I think he has a chance to be their third best starter this year, and that's a that's a nice team to be um, starting for. So I, I I totally get it. And the, the trouble is, he's not like an end game guy in mm-hmm. the main events I've been in. Like you can't get him after pick four hundred. You you have to take him kind of mid three hundreds. So he is sort of a luxury. Like you're taking a picture in that spot, who you know you probably can't use the first two uh, lineup periods. Um, but I, I think it's worthwhile. Like I, you know, I, I, I would probably rather be stashing Clark Schmidt than Mackenzie Gore, to be honest. Um, I'd I'd rather start, or I'd rather be stashing Schmidt than uh, Forrest Whitley. Um, but I. You know, I'd, I'd still take guys like Nate Pearson over him. Obviously, Spencer Howard, um, but I, I definitely think he's a 15 team viable guy.
2: Yeah, looking at my main, he went in the 25th round. So yeah, that seems about right. Not completely end game, but kind of you know early bench spot. Seems like he was right after guys like Davies, Anibal Sanchez. Certainly a lot higher ceiling than those types. <laughs> And, yeah, I I actually do kind of like that. He looked nasty. And, uh, yeah, I didn't in my main take too many gambles on pitching prospects, aside from, you know, puck. But um, there are some pretty interesting guys. I think maybe Whitley three, four rounds later in the main is the way to go. I know you've been kind of back on board in redraft.
3: Yeah, Whitley is a guy that I want with my second to last pick or last pick just because – you don't want to take him so high that you have any sort of hesitations to, to cut him. Mm-hmm. If you need to add a guy off waivers, like that's, that's the key thing to me is, is you just, you should not be taking anyone with those last like seven or eight picks that you're going to have a hard time cutting bait with early in the season. Uh, if you know, a stash type of guy, like you have to be willing to cut bait. And if you take him earlier in that, you might have some, uh, trepidation about that. But, um, yeah, I think I think Whitley. If he's going to be up, it's probably sort of a similar type of thing. Like it would be earlier or not at all, because uh, I don't I don't think they would start his clock just to bring him up for like the final twenty games. I mean, if they if they think he's ready to help this year, I think that it makes sense to bring him up sooner than later.
2: I'll tell you one guy I got in the main, and I'm going to have to start next week with a uh, puck down. Uh, Probably. I'll start, especially because he lines up for two. Eliezer Hernandez. I uh, just wanted to mention that. Uh, versus Baltimore versus Washington. That second half of the two step, pretty scary and could burn me, but that versus Baltimore, too good to pass up. Uh, James, wanted to talk to you a little bit about this Beat Clay Link League, give you an opportunity to ask me anything you want. Uh, I was lucky because I really wanted a Turner share. And at eight, I thought. It may happen, I wasn't holding out hope, I wasn't holding my breath. uh the bat X has Turner for f- nine and fourteen in the short season two ninety one so I wanted that that power speed you know base and the upside too because fourteen stone base projection you know you never know in a short season uh what he could do in that category, and so I was lucky enough to get him at eight and uh, I was pretty surprised then I followed up with Verlander uh endeavors fall into my, the eighth pick of the third round i thought was pretty surprising
3: yeah i i'm like you i really want a turner share but I, it's probably gonna have to be our wire stake league for mm. me to get one because uh we're picking tonight we're picking 12th i don't oh. think he'll be there there um and yeah i'm i'm kind of with you like he He's really the only shortstop that I want in that first round. I love Lindor, like Lindor and Story to me are just you know they're awesome fantasy guys. Uh, but I just I love the value at shortstop so much. Like in almost every round of the draft, like there's always a shortstop I want that I think is a, is a good value there. So plugging that spot in the first round with a guy who's probably not going to steal 10 bases i'm not that into whereas turner like you said just having him um gives you such a boost in that that one category and you know i mean he could he could lead the majors in steals by like four or five steals which is a a huge margin in in this short of a season like i mean who knows what Modesty's going to do total wild card. I mean, he could lead the majors by five, five steals as well. But, uh, yeah, I just love that that juice that you're getting in that one category. And uh, as you alluded to, I mean, he's not one of these Malik Smith, Nick Madrigal type of guys who's not going to help you anywhere else. Like, he he's a true five-category guy.
2: Yeah, I was thrilled to get Turner at eight. And, still, and then to get Verlander on the way back, just, you know, yeah. Flaherty was still on the board, but I was – really happy because I think he's pretty much back to pre-injury levels and he was the most valuable pitcher. And really, if you do earned in any kind of split that's you 60-40, know, around that range in terms of hitters and pitchers, he's the top earner from all of last year in all baseball. So I was happy to get Verlander. Bogarts I love as a as a building block. And I guess I'm going to be on the the Red Sox, cheering for the Red Sox. I got Ben and Tendi later Vlad Jr. in the fifth, you know, I was thrilled about that. Got him in the main as well. Uh they're gonna be playing at PNC Park, though. Does that ding the blue jays in your eyes?
3: Um I haven't even looked at the park factors on that. What what do you know do you know what the difference is?
2: I don't, but I know PNC typically plays pretty pitcher friendly. So I am kinda yeah. Not thrilled about it, but I'm not kinda I'm also not taking that into a huge as a huge factor. Maybe downgrade Bichette a, a few spots, maybe Vlad a few spots. But I think Vlad, you know, when he connects, there's there's no doubt about where that ball is going in in any park you play in.
3: True. Uh but he also does he does hit a lot of those ropes, you know, true, those true. ones that just don't get all that high off the ground,
2: so and further that deep back part offenses. of the park out in left center on PNC Yeah
3: um yeah yeah I mean it's 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 interesting I I haven't compared the uh dimensions really but um I mean I still think that that could be a uh, a great pick for you um
2: Yeah I'll have to look into the park factors too cuz I have Bill James handbook that's typically what I go to for park factors and it is something you have to take into account but I do think you know, there weren't that many Blue Jays I was on anyway, <laughs> aside from... I do have Gritchick just for cheap power. Um, and Bichette I would happily take still. But there weren't a lot of... I guess BGO too, but there weren't a ton of Blue Jays I was targeting. Um, I guess BGO you have to kind of pump the brakes on a little bit now. Just playing in PNC. Because I know the park in Buffalo is going to be very similar to, to Rogers Center, but... I think maybe PNC is a fairly significant downgrade. I'll have to look into that a little more. So
3: I want to ask you about, uh, you ended up with uh Kwon Hyun Kim. Um, so I take it you're you're buying that he's going to be the, the closer in St. Louis.
2: Yeah, for now. I just think, I looked into some of those beat writer reports. Some were said possibly close. Some said likely to close. And uh, just digging into it, it did seem like, they made a point to say that he was going to be in that mix. Uh, Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos. I just thought the price was, uh, you know, it made sense because the 13th round, most of the other closers were off the board. And I guess Ian Kennedy was still around, but you were in that range. And so I guess Leclerc was there too. And he, you know, he is in the role. But I thought Kim and how he's looked had a little bit more upside on a pretty good team. So I thought. Uh, Buy the beat writers at their word. I got burned on that last year on the, you know, John Gantt or whoever that was. Um, but I think they do their job pretty well, and I think they wouldn't have said that he was likely to close if, if they didn't get that straight from the horse's mouth, if you will.
3: So let's t- I want to talk quickly about our main event. Um, so it seems like basically every board I've seen of yours – you seem to sort of go after saves in a very similar way. Uh, You get Tyler Rogers and maybe another guy or two after pick 20 as kind of spec guys. And then you usually emerge from the first 10 rounds with maybe one guy. And then the the two main events I've done so far, uh, we've emerged from the first 10 rounds with two guys in each. Uh, Do you think – where, where do you see us going when we combine forces on Thursday with with regards to closers?
2: Well, in this 12, I did not see the same kind of closer inflation, so I considered myself lucky to get a guy like Jansen in the 7th. I think when we're up, you know, I'd be willing more willing to pay up earlier because I got stuck with, like, Kimbrel as my number one and my main. And I know you don't like that. Um, oh, you're
3: not gonna you're not gonna like it either after this weekend.
2: No, I know, I know it's gonna be bad, but I, yeah, I'd be willing to jump up a little bit higher than that and get somebody. It is just crazy in the 15t mains, the, the inflation on closers, and I, again, these guys are so volatile in a short season. I don't think it's a wise investment, but I also don't want to get shut out completely. It's, so I think we like should a, probably dabble in that mid tier.
3: It's it's both. Yeah, yeah unwise and uh unavoidable (laughs) like it's just like you know it's not it doesn't make sense really mathematically in a vacuum to be taking like i we took hansel robles and uh archie bradley in back-to-back drafts just inside the top 100 like i know that those aren't smart picks just like in a vacuum uh (laughs) given the other players available there but uh is it any smarter to take Ian Kennedy in the 11th round? Or, <laughs> like, like, I just, yeah. you know, there's just all like these Trevor Rosenthal
2: could be the closer, like, yeah, right yeah. away, yeah. There's uh-huh. a ton of uncertainty. I uh, I do like Tyler Rogers quite a bit. I feel like he could, I know he opened the other day, and maybe they've talked about using him as a Swiss Army knife, ton of rolls, but guy's pretty nasty, honestly, even though he doesn't have that, you know, fastball dominance. But, man, he looks hard to pick up. And I well, think they really I'm like fine, him.
3: I'm back. fine getting my first chair of him, and in, in the one that we do,
2: um,
3: I don't. I don't have any. I, why don't we just get both brothers? Why don't we just get both Rodgers brothers?
2: I actually like that a lot. I love Taylor. He's pretty pricey, though. Um, trying to look here, you know, Chapman's still pretty pricey. I don't know which way we're gonna go, but I'm. You know, I kind of, kind of like Nairis or naris I, I kind of get confused on how to pronounce it, but I looked the other day on Baseball Reference, and it is Nairis. Uh, but I think he's going to get getting deflated due to the COVID uh, nineteen protocol and all that. But I don't think there's going to be anything preventing him from being with the team on Opening Day.
3: Yeah, I, I basically here's how it's going to go. Uh, you or I are going to say, "Hey, like." Should we just pop this guy here, and the other person just gonna be like, "Yeah, I guess." Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> when it's like Kimbrel's, like two two guys down, we're gonna be like, "All right, we're feeling the heat now." Yeah, um, we can't we can't get
3: stuck with Kimbrel. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm really terrified of that Ian Kennedy situation, and I don't want anything to do with that. I I don't trust Alex Calma at
2: all. Um I, yeah, yeah, I kind of like Kennedy just in a vacuum, but yeah, with Matheny in rosenthal yeah uh, it,
3: the fact that you wouldn't come in and just say the guy that was good for cl- as closer for us last year is still the closer exactly like that, that seemed like a pretty harmless statement to make like uh, who are you whose fe- feathers are you ruffling by naming ian kennedy the closer
2: the incumbent um, the closer, right? yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah it, that's scary uh i still i I think Archie Bradley is the sweet spot for me, so I'd like to get him. But you really don't—you really one. don't have a, a choice. Like, I mean, there, there's not a. Well, we'll wait for this guy here. Like, there just comes that that run where you're just like, well, I've got to grab a guy, or, or we're gonna miss out.
2: So I still I do kind of like Melanson.
3: Well, I'm I'm two for two on Melanson in the main event. Uh, nice. Got him in. Got him at pick one twenty five and in, in the first one, and one forty seven in the second one, which. So him being there at one forty seven was an absolute lifesaver because uh yeah, I guess we probably would have pivoted to Joe Jimenez there if he hadn't been there. I mean I you know I don't like my closers on bad teams, but uh I mean, there's just no way Jimenez doesn't have that job all year unless he gets hurt. And so I, I don't I don't hate him either.
2: Yeah, I don't hate Joe Jimenez at all. Looking in the just the online, I did the 12 team Melanson in the 12th round, and then Joe Jimenez shortly after that. I do like where Melanson's going and think that would be uh, just fine as a closer pick, even if he does have to kind of share the role a little bit. Uh, Yeah, like him, like Spencer Howard a lot. We've talked about not a closer, of course, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be down beyond much beyond those seven days. Uh, I'm also holding out hope. I didn't end up dropping Jared Kelnick in my leagues over the weekend. I considered it, but I couldn't pull myself to do it. Should I have just bitten the bullet, James, and cut Jared Kelnick, do you think?
3: <laughs> you got to trust your gut, man.
2: Um... <laughs> got plenty of it <laughs> to trust. <laughs> um, I just we, can't, we have... can't bring myself, man. He looks too good. he's too good
3: hey it's stashing season um (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i I mean you'll you'll cut him sooner than later i'm I'm sure you'll kind of have to just
2: uh suck it up at some point but um
3: do we have time to talk about uh what we're gonna do from the 13 hole or or do we got to wrap it up
2: we got a couple minutes here
3: uh so what are you thinking we're picking 13th thursday's main event um do you think we should go two pitchers,
2: one pitcher, two hitters? Hmm. I think we should try to get one pitcher. I think that's in a prime spot where you get a pitcher and avoid that next tier, at least dabbling two the next time around. Because if you go hitter-hitter, I think you're kind of back yourself in the corner where you really want to go pitcher-pitcher the next time around. So I'd like Could to I... keep our options open by going hitter-pitcher.
3: You'd like to go hitter pitcher,
2: or you know either or. But I would like to get one hitter, one pitcher in those first two rounds.
3: Okay, I might uh, I might try to twist your arm uh, via text after the show to go pitcher pitcher. But Ooh, okay. um, I so who would be the perfect who would be the perfect hitter to walk away from there? We'd be we'd have the thirteenth pick, Let's and, and then we would have. Uh, yeah, Bryce. Okay. I don't have any Bryce yet, so I'd be cool with that.
2: Um, probably maybe in the second had, round. Maybe maybe uh, Tatis will still be there. I think he probably would be. Could maybe be Suede. I, I know I have those guys back-to-back. And went with both those guys in my NL draft last night. Went, I had the last pick in a 10-teamer, went Tatis Harper. Um, but yeah, I'd be fine with either one of those. And then maybe like Verlander or... Uh, Clevenger I know you love. low
3: well yeah Verlander and Clevenger we'd have to take in the first yeah. and they might not even be there um, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate the idea of going with one of them and then Kershaw in the second uh, but I totally get the idea of, of going with a hitter there to just get that base I sort of have a feeling though that our best player available with picks three and four are going to be hitters uh, so I'd that that's sort of my thinking um, in terms of maybe going um, pitcher pitcher because the the hitters that are there on the way back or the pitchers that are there in the way back on the third, uh, you know, you're you're not gonna you and I are not gonna like the options I don't think.
2: No, especially in the 15 team, especially because like at that point, even guys like Luis Castillo, Morton, Paddock, yeah, probably all those guys are gone. Paddock could be there. Paddock, maybe. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't hate that, but I also don't want to Yeah, back us into a corner where we have to take, God forbid, two of those guys. Um, but anyway, James, we have to wrap things up. We have a company call here coming up. I want to thank you all for listening to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Sportsplex. We'll be back next week. And also, James are, and I are going to be on Friday on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio to talk baseball for an hour, so check that out. If you get time, thanks again. Enjoy your weekend.